Free Speech Radio News is produced at Pacifica Stations, WPFW in Washington, KPFA in Berkeley, and KPFA in Los Angeles. Our newscast is produced by Simba Russo and Monica Lopez. Our headlines editor is Shannon Young. Washington editor is Selena Musuta, sitting in for Mitch Jezerich. Our technical production team is Jade Paget-Seekins and Eric Klein. Free Speech Radio News is an independent, worker-run collective. For more information, check out our website at www.fsrn.org. That's fsrn.org. In Los Angeles, I'm Aura Bogado. Captain, I've never seen fog quite this thick before. I mate. And it'd be showing no signs of letting up. We'd best be giving a radio bearing and see where we are. Mr. Navigator! Triangulate a radio plot immediately. Yes, sir! I'll see all this time. We'll turn this on. Let's see. I you're listening to the fine sounds of WCBN FM in Ann Arbor. Captain, what is it? Who do you think, Captain? What? What's the Captain? Where's the fire? Ah, you know what I'm talking about. Look at man, the fog. Ah, sure, sure, tell it to the lieutenant. I'm running a lot of you in. Okay, now get in the line there, and we'll get you into the captain, and we'll see what he has to say about all this. What are we doing in here? Dan, get off my foot. There are hangers everywhere, Christy. And what's up with these mothballs? This is stifling. I feel like I can't breathe. Yeah, and I can barely move. Forget this, man. Closets Closets are are for clothes. clothes. Closets Over Clothes is Michigan's premier queer radio show, celebrating 30 years of broadcast excellence. 60 minutes of award-winning gaiety and witty repartee. <laughs> We're here. We're on. Closets Are For Clothes on WCBN-FM 88.3 Radio Free Ann Arbor. The next hour will be jam-packed with news, reviews, and interviews of interest to the LGBT community, our friends, family, and allies. We are your hosts... Dan Burns and Christy Cardinal, thanks for joining us. Let's go. Are and we are here. Woohoo! This is uh, <laughs> Dan Burns um, is here, and we are joined by the fabulous and wonderful Meredith Hockman. Gosh, you are so good for my ego. Ah, <laughs> that's why I got to keep coming back. Um, <laughs> um, and Greg is at a conference. You know, now that he's you know got that new job, a big wig. He's a big wig, and so he doesn't hang out with those low lives and things. You know, only when he wants to slum. You know. Yeah, and uh, and Christy is um, across town, so she is not able to make it tonight, and so. She's listening to us. She might be because she um, is doing a lot of like um, car swapping, that kind of exactly. stuff. Exactly. So she just wasn't even going to be able to make it tonight. So, Christy, if you're listening, hello. And Greg, if you're taking a break from the work you're doing, we can be fun and exciting too. We could try, that's for sure. <laughs> and it is bright in here today. I don't know if they like the new budget came in and there's tons of lights. What I think it is you know? is that the studio next door has its lights on and it's oh, sort of glowing in here and that. Gotcha. Oh, both, both studios. Yeah. Oh, that's so. what it is. You know, I was because I was afraid to bring in candlelight, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you, Meredith? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I just feel like the my life is flashing before my eyes. Oh, uh oh. What's that? What what did you do? Like a fall from a plane? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just feel like the week goes by so quickly, and all of a sudden it's the weekend, and it's over, and I you know wake up Monday morning, and I think. I don't want to go to work. Oh, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Well, especially with your weekend, because you had to work this weekend on I top did. of it. So, I yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I'm trying to, like, t- treasure, like, a day to me. That's what you my know? partner and I try to do. That's Sunday is for us. Yes. But I got to tell you. People always want party Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, you know, and just trying to save that so you can kind of slow things down mm-hmm. and, you know. I'd like to do more exciting things on my Sunday because we have a tendency to, like, get up really early, go to breakfast, 
Go do some errands and then come home and sit around and do nothing. Oh. I'd like us to be more exciting. Right. No, I don't know that right. my partner has that within him. But you know, that's maybe why he's with you. <laughs> because you are exciting and dynamic. I am exciting and dynamic. I feel like this is like an affirmation show. That's right. I am exciting and dynamic. I am fun and interesting. I am a good person inside. Uh, exactly. So, oh my gosh. So, oh, yeah. so I, I would welcome suggestions of fun and excitement. Yes. And you know what? And how they can do that? Is they can go to closetsontheair.com and p- click on Meredith and like send you tons of emails. Yes, please do. You know what else fun, am I going to do at my day? <laughs> fun and exciting things on on uh, Sundays and all and the and uh, preferably free. Prefer all. Oh. Well, you know I've done free or like not too expensive. Like okay. if all together to like we're spending twenty bucks, that's okay. But you okay, know? gotcha. So, but for the both of you, for like the, the both whole of us. package, there's lots yeah. of things you can do. Oh my gosh, there's tons of things you can That's do for that limit. amount of money. And I would rather, you know, less than that would be better. Wow, you know what? What I started doing when I was trying to get to know Ann Arbor was what? like looking at the Observer. I don't have the patience. Oh, okay. See, this is my ultimately my problem in life. I think is that I don't have the patience. Like I need it instantly. Instant gratification, Dan. But if you're sitting around doing nothing on a Sunday, why can't you just pull up? No. In? Oh. <laughs> gotcha. Well, maybe you can like... Um, Isn't that horrible? No. But you could maybe like do something during the week and kind of like... And have it happen. Like, you know, send yourself like a... Suddenly some flowers. Make him jealous. And oh, that way, you know... It is pretty much fun to make him jealous. You know? It's fun to make anyone jealous. You know? Or have roses delivered to the house, and then you can spend the afternoon spreading them around. <laughs> the dogs would eat them. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's right. And uh, you've got a couple that would probably... They eat anything. Eat, eat the guy that delivered them. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. Oh, my gosh. So, so. What's, so what's up with you, man? Well, you know how I've been coming in every single week and kind of talking about, well, not every single week, but it's been kind of, the topic has been coming up a lot more of me being single. And I have to tell you that you have, I think, maybe unconsciously dressing just a tad up from where you were before you started talking about dating. Is this intentional? Really? Because you just, you're, not that you weren't coordinated before, but there's a very nice level of coordination you've got going on. Wow. On a regular basis. Because you do look divine tonight. <laughs> wow. Well, I am divine. <laughs> the affirmation for tonight. <laughs> and, well, you know, I've been feeling kind of like more confident lately. And, um, and it's feeling like, you know, there's just things that are just seems to be going right for me a lot mm-hmm. um, lately. So I'm feeling much more Play confident. Play the lotto. Well, exactly, exactly. And that's what I did actually this week. I had to buy a couple of people some birthday um, oh. cards. And I was like, what can you get somebody who's got everything? And I thought, oh, there we go. Lotto get them some ticket. of those scratch, scratch stuff mm-hmm. and, and a lotto ticket to see if they can, you know, um, great. Because I only got one and I gave it to one other one person. So if the other one's listening, I'm in big trouble. Um, especially if she wins, if the other one wins. It must have fallen out. That, that must have been it. And um, so I've been kind of... You know, just, putting yourself out there. Well, kind of. And suddenly, I was approached by a local organization, kind of like you know, to possibly be on their board. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I really can't do that. I really don't have the time, you know, to commit that I think they deserve. Um, but I would be willing to volunteer. Mm-hmm. And the topic was that they were interested in putting together a singles group. Where to have a true singles group. A true singles group. Not the ones that I've been going to where there's lots of couples. That was more of a question because every time when I was single, I'd go to singles things. Like people were like, oh, it's a singles event. I'd be like, where? Because there is no one single here. Hello. Exactly. And it's so, like the coupled people can't figure out that you're not single anymore. Or, but well, that's fine with me if couples or show up and at least they were open. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's if it was an open relationship, you know? But right. it's kind of like, oh, great, we're a couple now, so we got to kind of watch the singles. I <laughs> yeah, yeah, have fun. So I'm kind of like having this like a little bit, so I'm, I'm excited about it, but then mm-hmm. I'm also frantic, like, or uh, not uh, frantic, but like, fearful mm-hmm. <coughs> because then if i'm what if i don't plan something that's very exciting you know if i don't plan something so we very have exciting, a similar issue to this week that's right that's right wow. you know and you know and if i and if i actually take on this commitment then it's like wow then i'm really committing to the single thing what and, you maybe need to think about is 
when you were in high school and, and middle school. I don't uh-huh. know. There were lots of group dates back then. Yes. What what constitutes a good group date? And, and I think people should email us. <gasps> what a great idea. And they can email us at closetsontheair.com. And you can actually email the whole group. Right. Um, and, or you can just email me. My name's on there as well. And you can, you know, email There's some, Dan. And, you know, what are your, your Ann Arbor, Ipsy... Well, Washington County. County dating tips. Exactly. It's fall. There's got to be, you know. Well, like a trip to the cider mill. Mm-hmm. There's like different things. But, you know, are people like, yeah, I've done that. Whatever. Right. You know, but I mean, one of the things that I think I would love to do with this group is like, you know, actually like commit to it. Like if we're going to go bowling, I don't need any reservations. Just, just show go. up. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like if there's only two of us, then it was meant to be. If there was 30 of us. Even better. Even better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. I, I agree with you completely. So, but then I have to get over my fear of being like going places by myself i mean i know i'm a very people look at me like you got to be kidding right because i'm very outgoing and i'm very sociable seem very pleasant but it's like yeah you seem pleasant (laughs) today i'm just like so geeked because i mean i'm sorry that wasn't affirmative oh okay exactly i am geeked (laughs) you know and because I'm just, I'm really, well, part of it is because I'm really excited about our guest that's coming up. And, yes. um, uh, uh, Judith Frank with, uh, uh, Crybaby Butch. And, um, so I'm kind of like really, because I really. You're like, okay, let's go. Exactly. I'm just like, well, oh my gosh. Maybe it could be like, you know? I don't know. But I mean, there's got to be, be some fun stuff out there to do that yeah. we just don't know about. Well, like, you know, there's got to be things or even things that we can kind of create. Right. You know, like, like crafting for singles. I don't know. Yeah, Kids yeah, like, that's yeah, right, that's exactly. Why it took you so long to find somebody because you wanted to do crafting for singles, right? So, hey, I bet there is a large crafting single community there out is, there. Probably. Yeah, we just got to figure out what the craft is, kind of a thing. So, oh. but yeah, so I'm kind of, kind of, a lot of things have been happening. So it's like I'm like moving. I bought the home, and now I'm kind of moving Which into. Which is lovely, by the way. Well, thank you. Yeah, Spirit came by this came weekend by. and took a look and. I Checked it approved out. and put the check mark on the wall. Right. Yes, one more down. <laughs> I peed in the corner. <laughs> peed in the corner, exactly. Yes. So, um, but yeah, so we're um, you're so moving along. I'm moving along. I'm so proud of you. I as know. another affirmation, I am so proud of me. <laughs> I am good people. <laughs> I am good people. Exactly. So yes, and one of the things we're going to be trying tonight is also our new format. That's so right. we're actually going to go into. So please bear with us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I think we're gonna. Um, um, maybe not. Uh, because he's on <laughs> I the phone. I think we're going to keep bantering. <laughs> exactly. So because we do have a, we're, we're trying to do like a song between um, each of our segments to sort of you know accentuate them. Exactly. Accentuate and, the positive. Right. But you know, and that was one of the things with the the singles group is that I wanted to. I mean, there's like, yeah. So we'll go well, into we'll, we'll get into that some other week. So um, we'll go ahead and play number one. <laughs> I hope this is funny. What do you forget? Got a light. I know you, you're, you're shivering. It's nothing that turns off my heat. And I'm just a little weak on my feet. Would you like my candle? What are you staring at? Nothing. Your hair in the moonlight You look familiar Can you make it? Just haven't eaten much today At least the room stopped spinning anyway What? Nothing Your smile reminded me I always remind people of Who is she? She died Her name was April It's out again about your friends Would you like my candle? Well Yeah Ow. Oh, the wax It's dripping I like it between my Fingers I figured Oh, well Good night Again. No, I think that I dropped my stash. I know I've seen you 
out and about when I used to go out. Your candles out. I had it when I walked in the door. It was pure. Is it on the floor? Floor. They say that I have the best ass below 14th Street. Is it true? What? You're staring again. Oh no. I mean you do. You have a nice. I mean, you look familiar. Like your dead girlfriend. Only when you smile, but I'm sure I've seen you somewhere else. Do you go to the Cat Scratch Club? That's where I work. I dance. Yes, they used to tie you up. It's a living. I didn't recognize you without the handcuffs. We could light the Why don't you forget that stuff? You look like you're 16. I'm 19, but I'm old for my age. I'm just born to be bad. I once was born to be bad. I used to shiver like that. I have no heat. I, I used to、you. sweat. I got a cold. Uh huh. I used to be a junkie. And then I like to、uh-huh. feel good. Oh here. What's that?、Oh, candy bar wrapper. My last match. Our eyes adjust. Thank God for the moon. Maybe it's not the moon at all. I hear Spike Lee shooting down the street. Bahumbug. Bahumbug. Cold hands. Yours too. Big. Like my father's. Do you want to dance? With you. I'm Roger. They call me. They call me. Me me. And I'm Dan. And I'm Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> And we also have Keith that's going to join us for this segment because we have the fabulous. Um, Judith Frank, who is、uh, was a professor at、um, Amherst College, she's been there for about 16 years, and、um, she's a, she's been writing fiction. And she, the book that we're going to be reviewing tonight is Cry Baby Butch,、um, her first novel, but it is her second book.、Um, Judith, are you still there? I am. Can you hear me? Yes, we certainly can. Welcome to Closets Are for Clothes. Thank you so much. So, tell us a little bit about、um, Cry Baby Cry Baby Butch.、Um, well, it's a novel about. Two butches of different generations, social classes, and dispositions.、Um, one is Anna Singer, who's a middle-class thirty-something butch who teaches adult basic education, and the other, Chris Rinaldi, is a very masculine working-class butch in her fifties, who's made the biggest decision of her life, which is to go back to school to learn how to read, and who gets placed in Anna's class. Oh, how perfect! <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things I liked about the book was some of the、um, the descriptions of how, like, some of the struggles that I had with my being being gay and trying to be masculine.、Um, it, it, one of the things is, I mean, some of the struggles that people that I go through, I was really I was really impressed are in this book,、um, and, and some of the various ways that I feel on a day. And and how did you come up with The, the character and, and the topic of, of Butch. Well, I am Butch for starters. Oh, I, there we go. I, I, <laughs> I'd, love it, I'd love it when men, both gay men and straight men, tell me that it speaks to them.、Um, yes. There's this line: "Just because you're a Butch, it doesn't mean you can open every jar." And、um, I've been men love that line as well as、uh, oh yes, butches. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>、um, so I, I wanted to write a novel about Butch experience that. Neither romanticized butch femme, or debated whether it's a legitimate form of gender expression. I felt as though、mm. a lot of writing about it fell within those poles, and I just wanted to write a novel about the lived experience of butches.、Um, what it's like、um, sometimes. Some, I, I think of it sometimes as a kind of comedy,、um, a, yes. a gender comedy. 
Yes, definitely. Yeah. And 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 one of the things I did like also was just is how um where you were bringing in um oh there was another book by um um, Stone Butch Blues. Thank you, Stone Butch Blues. Yes, exactly. Um, and how the, the, how they as they were reading it as I think it was it Anna or Anna gives it to Chris. Okay, so how right. Chris um, how Chris is is reading it and and discovering like this is me in this in this book mm-hmm. and and how it was like for me as well. I mean, there were some things that are not like me, but there were some things that were <laughs> um, um, that was just like yeah, the whole struggle of of, of discovering. Right. And, right. and and of of her butchness, if you will, That's and right. um and and finding herself, um in in right. and I was really impressed with that and how you put put those two together. Thank you. It's I mean it's an, it's hard it's, it was hard in some ways because it's a novel about reading, and reading isn't a conventionally dramatic event. Like right. It's not, it's not a car chase. It's not a gun battle. Um, and so one of my challenges was to make that um, dramatic. And Stone Butch Blues, Leslie Feinberg's book, really, I mean, it, in some ways it cast a big shadow on this book because it is such a powerful and painful account of, um, you know, working class butch coming up in the 50s. Right. And I thought that at, at one point in the novel, Anna, the teacher, has an idea, which is to give Chris a copy of this book so that she will, thinking that she will see herself in it. And it's actually extremely painful for Chris to read it. Um, mm-hmm. Her lover reads it to her a little bit every night, and it brings back um, some extremely painful memories for, for her, um, so much so that she begins taking painkillers and grows addicted to them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, wanted to, I wanted to convey the way that reading is empowering, but it also really requires openness and courage, because you don't know what you're going, going to see, what you're going to read. Say a little bit more about that. Um, well... A lot of the accounts of um, of adult literacy that I've seen in fiction mm-hmm. are utopian. That is, people start out disempowered, and when they learn to read, they become empowered. Mm-hmm. Um, reading, though, is extremely hard, and dema- it demands a kind of loosening of the ego. It demands a lot of confidence, um, and it lets things in for Chris that she was able to repress for a long time. Um, she says it's at one point that it's like sitting in a movie theater with Dolby sound, and the sound is crashing all around you, and it's too loud. There's too much. You don't want to see everything or hear right. everything. Right. Um, so I wanted to get that across. And also the way that learning how to read has a powerful and negative impact on her 20-year relationship with her lover, um, mm-hmm. which apparently happens to, from time to time with people who learn how to read. Um, Kathleen, her femme girlfriend, has... Um, takes care of her. Um, this is the only way that she can take care of her, by paying the bills, like that is literally writing the checks, by mediating between her and the world of print. And when Chris starts to learn to read, Kathleen feels extremely threatened because the way that this has been the only way she can take care of this really tough and independent butch. Mm. So Kathleen starts to act out, and so much so that it's not clear at the end of the novel whether the relationship will survive. Which, which I think you were saying because you've had you did do a couple of um, years of teaching folks and and with learning learning abilities and things and yes. and and put some of that into the, what were some of the discoveries that you were not that you did not mention in the book or or struggled through that you learned in those two years. I learned um, that all of the conventions that we take for granted with books, for example, if you open a book. And if you open my book and it says at the top, Crybaby Butch, and then on the, on the right-hand top, Judith Frank, that we know when we read a book not to read that. Mm. Um, when we open a book, we know to go right to the print. Mm-hmm. Um, but that those kinds of conventions are not obvious right. to non-readers. Right. Um, and a, a lot of what I wrote, I mean, a, a lot of writing this novel was trying to imagine a world where I couldn't read. Right, trying to imagine that world, trying to world, trying to imagine what would happen if I walked into, if I was handed a menu mm-hmm. and couldn't read it. Right. Um, and uh, those are. I, mean, I tutored not quite long enough to get all of these stories. I made a lot of it up. You, t- you mm-hmm. take you know, mm-hmm. as a writer, you take 
what you learn and then you imagine. Right. So, a lot of empathy. That's you know. right. Yeah. That's right. Well, yeah. and I, and that was one of the things that's also was that with with writing it also one of the things i realized with class is that there are certain rules in various classes that's right and if you don't know the rules the secret is out that's right um and you could be found out very easily and i think that that was one of the things that you're saying in just opening a book that's right um driving the road right the interesting thing for chris is that she cannot be in a closet in terms of her sexuality she just is clearly deviant to the world the straight world um but she does have this one closet, which is that she can't read. And there's a lot, there's a lot of energy and creativity that illiterate people spend trying to stay in that closet. I mean, we can, and you know, we can extrapolate about our own sexual closets, right? What that feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the irony of Chris is that her, in her sexuality is not, it's not possible for it to be in the closet. But she does have this other closet, which mm-hmm. is her illiteracy. Well, and I think that that was one of the things with the with the two main characters is that they both came in with real strengths, and they also came in with real weaknesses or right. or challenges, if you will. That's right. And and how they match so well and interacted and learned from each other. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The I, I think the novel is the, it it follows both their separate stories and a separate story and Chris's separate story, but it also really is the story of their relationship to each other, and it's. I think of their relationship as sort of equal parts curiosity, irritation, respect, and discomfort. Um, Anna, for, for Anna, Chris is such a powerful figure as a real butch. She looks to Anna like a real butch. Anna is presentable. She's middle class. She's ingratiating. Um, she's not a person who's going to get harassed on the street. Mm-hmm. So she is a little bit threatened by, um, by Chris, by her being a real butch, so-called, um, and also admires her very much. And Chris is feels very threatened by Anna's openness, by her desire to get close to her, uh, by her education. And so they can, it turns out that they do mesh and that they do learn a lot from each other, but it takes a lot of energy for them to do that. Mm-hmm. What were some of the things that, that you brought in from your own struggle of being butch or identifying as butch? Um, I brought in, well, the fact that, what I, what I brought is the fact that I didn't have to struggle, mm. um, that there's this generation before me of working class witches who didn't have the protections that I have. You know, I'm, I'm a middle class academic um, mm. who didn't have the protections that I had, and I wanted to write about about that, about... And about my gratitude, about my admiration, um, and about my sort of discomfort with this whole generation that paved the way to my generation. Um, so I brought in the fact that I didn't have to struggle very much, and also just my local um, anxieties and struggles. Am I butch enough? If this happens, <laughs> do I not look like a butch anymore? The kinds of um, struggles that I think... I'm sure men go through. Mm-hmm. Well. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, the everyday, yes. the, the jokes about at one point the jokes about being, but at one point, Anna late in the novel, Anna starts going to a yoga class, and some of those poses ask her to like lie on her back with her legs open, and she leaves with her butch buddy um, laughing about her discomfort at being in that kind of position, mm-hmm. um, and how much mm-hmm. she prefers the warrior poses. Mm-hmm. Um, so the just the everyday discomfort, the jokes um, that you know that that you make being being a butch. Well, definitely, and 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 just the. I mean, I, it, one of, I have a friend who was actually transitioned, and mm-hmm. and and some of his discoveries of like, wow, men go through this, or realizing not realizing some of the identity that That's goes right. that goes with being. Um, some of the inside jokes that are now happening um, right. because of his transition, and, and right. um, but one, the other thing, I guess, one of the things because I, I was reading re- quickly to to um, to remind myself some of the the parts of the book is 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 being butch and being you know being that hard um, you know you don't hit, you can't touch me mm-hmm. um, being. Um, uh, self-sufficient, as mm-hmm. you were saying, um, but then also being able to also 
with a touch suddenly crying um, right. or going through that I also have feelings or I also have these uh, these emotions that show weakness, I guess right. you were saying, right. And, right. and trying to identify with both of those and that struggle. That's right. I mean, that's the sort of oxymoron of Crybaby Butch. Right. right? Um, that Anna in particular is a butch who, when, when the novel opens, she's just lost the love of her life, her first girlfriend. So she's mourning that loss. And the first chapter is about crying, is about um, learning to cry, about learning to be comfortable walking through the world, being caught crying by people, mm-hmm. um, and how uncomfortable that is for her, um, but also how important it is for her. Um, so it is about that that tension between those two things, between being stoned on the one hand and crying on the other hand. And yet, and that's what's so fascinating is that in certain circles, crying is considered a strength. That's right. right. And so, and how I would just, I have to admit, reading through your book and kind of, and, and, and struggling with where do I match with the masculinity or the butchness yeah. or how butch am I, which is, right. a, which Judy, you don't know, is a constant joke at the, on this, on this radio station <laughs> or this, <laughs> of how butch I am. Um, uh, but, um, and, but struggling through that and realizing that, um, that this also can be a strength and 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 be butch. That's right. Um, and 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 how that and how our world definitely, I guess, corners you or creates that path for you. That's right. And for That's you to right. cross that path to another path is is very difficult. That's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, there's this moment where um, Anna's with her friends and she says, you know, um, it, just because I'm crying doesn't, you know. It doesn't make me any less of a butch, do you think? Right. You know? and, she, and, she, and her friends um, smile and they say, of course not. It just shows that you're secure in your masculinity. Oh, <laughs> very good. Yes, I write. Yes. So there's a line for you, okay? Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank Repeat you. To me, it just shows that I'm secure in my masculinity. And, uh, it just shows that I'm secure in my masculinity. Thank <laughs> you. And say it with conviction. You know, I have um, a miniature poodle. Yes. And a miniature poodle named Eloise. And... She's the most delightful dog, and people always ask me, like, what kind of dog do you have? And I say, a poodle. And they look at me and they say, one of those big ones, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, I, and I laugh, I go, no, no, a miniature. And and my partner always says, be proud, honey, be proud. You're masculine enough to have a miniature poodle. <laughs> 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 That's fantastic! Oh my gosh, what are you hoping that people, after they read the book, that they get from the book? Well, I've been getting. Um, I've been getting a lot of emails from butches, actually, who, which I saying thank you that it is really um, powerful to see our lives represented in print, and that I can't tell you how much that means to me. Um, so for butches that 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 they would recognize themselves, one actually came up to me and said, you know, it says on the back that their that Anna and Chris's relationship is sometimes hilarious, and she said she was this older, very handsome. Butch, and she said, you know, I haven't gotten to the hilarious part yet. And I said, oh. you mean it's not, you don't think it's funny? And she said, it, it hits too close to home. Oh, and wow. I was actually really, really delighted by that. Um, I didn't, you know, say I'm delighted by that response. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> it, really, it really does mean a lot to me. And for non-butches, um, I, I think it's about sexuality and power and learning um, in a more general sense. And it, it's a very frank book about sex and about, mm-hmm. um, you know, opening yourself up to sex, about the danger of sex and power and sex. And I um, hope that um, non, you know, non-gay people will mm-hmm. resonate with that. I always joke that um, there's a lot of, this is for straight men, there's a lot of hot girl-on-girl action in the book. <laughs> yes, um, that's so, true. <laughs> so it's certainly not being marketed to straight men, but I think that they could find something they liked in it. Yes. Um, so. Yeah, that was the part I didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Bummer. Uh, yes, so, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it definitely opened my eyes, that's for sure. <laughs> one, one gay man wrote to me and said, I really liked your book, but those lesbians are so dysfunctional. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. Like we gay men or not. Well, that's right. <laughs> right. Well so, done. I mean, the, yeah, one thing I just want to say is one of the ironies of this book is that it's about people who can't read the book. It's about illiterate mm-hmm. people. Um, and that really 
struck me as a responsibility as I was writing it, um, a responsibility to write something that, you know, if it was read to or an illiterate person came to read it, it would feel respectful to them mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. would feel as what mirror their experience. Yes, yeah. yes. And and even though that that can be scary, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed the journey because that's Thank usually you. why I pick up a book is that I enjoy the journey of just of what is going to happen next. Thank you. In that utopia. Great. So that's, that's great. Definitely. Yeah. Judith, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Definitely. And again, folks, um, it's uh, Crybaby Butch um, mm-hmm. by Judith Frank, and um, it's definitely a wonderful journey. Thanks. Thank you so much. And we'll play that next one. Number five. It's okay to be a boy. For a boy to look like a girl is degrading. Because you think that being a girl is degrading. But secretly, you'd love to know what it's like, wouldn't you?
Well, and um, and speaking of books, how ironic, um, Keith Orr is here from Common Language. Hello, Keith. Hi, how are y'all doing? Good, good. Thank good. You. So is this song thing going to be regular? Are you going to do this every week? Then? We're going to try. We're going to see how it We'll w- hear what feedback we get. Exactly. And they can <laughs> do that on closetsontheair.com and give us some feedback. Yes, exactly. So, so like I could actually pick a theme song? Yes, yes you totally. Totally. A month, we could play Keith's theme song, you know that it's coming out. <laughs> yes. Yes. That'd be cool. That yeah. would be, Unfortunately, yeah. it would probably be like a Rossini Aria or something. Like that. <laughs> well. You'd lose your entire audience. <laughs> but we'll gain others. <laughs> oh, you think? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that was great to hear Judy. Um, she... I, I, I mean, you've heard me saying this on the the show. How many times have I brought this book on and said, "This is a remarkable book," and um, and we've been wanting to get here her um, here in town ever since it came out. Yeah, since it is a local publisher, you know, oh, Firebrand Books, woo-hoo. Firebrand, and um, she is going to be here this Saturday. Yep, and um, we're we're doing a uh, fundraiser. For Washtenaw Literacy, which is an incredible organization. Yes. Um, and so apropos to the book and, and you know. Right. E- exactly. And it's not a high dollar event. I know I can't say how much right. it is. I was <laughs> chastised last night. <laughs> But, but it they is can not find... a high dollar event, and you can call me to uh, RSVP. To uh, it's going to be Martin and I are going to be doing this at our house with Judy, um, and that low dollar uh, amount <laughs> will will include a copy of the book, which she'll be happy to sign for you. It's going to be a reception. She'll do um, a, a little reading and discussion. And as you heard um, in that last twenty minutes, I mean, w- what an incredible. Um, intellect mm-hmm. yeah and i felt like i there was so much more i wanted to cover in the 20 minutes yep. and it was just like oh and i gotta go i've got keith and i get to say so much more so and um, and it is remarkable I, I was just talking with uh, missy earlier today about how i really hate books that have a message but stop and tell you the message mm-hmm. yeah you know, okay now you probably haven't hand. figured this out <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna go into the sermon mode now and um, you know a, a well-written novel. This is yes. what novels, fiction is supposed to do: is to tell you a story, and as a result of that, you pick things up. And yes. this is a book like that. Definitely, it, yep. you know, there is no stopping and telling you the sermon, and yet the amount of um, and it, it's an incredible literary work. It, um, the amount of things it covers. Uh, I mean, what you, we were talking about gender identity. Mm-hmm. We were talking about generational identity. We yes. were talking about literacy. You know. Cl- all Class. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, and that's all in there, and it's just uh, incredible. Definitely. The, uh, the other reason I really am starting to get into um, uh, supporting adult literacy efforts is here's an amazing thing. You know, about 50% of America doesn't vote. 50%? Yeah, yep. yeah, typically, wow. typically uh, on a um, you know a presidential election, it'll be 50 to 52% of okay. America shows up to vote. About 50% of America is either illiterate or subliterate. Oh. Guess what? There's about 100% correlation between those two population groups. No really? way. Yeah. It's it's incredible. And and so, really, I think supporting Which, adult literacy right. is a political act as well. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you can see why. I mean, one of the things she talks about um, uh, uh, Chris's partner um, covering for her all the time. Right. Uh, you know, one of the examples she has is a menu. They go out to eat. And mm-hmm. the partner is, um, will point and go, oh, look, they have that grilled salmon salad you like so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, even if there are 10 other people at the table, no one picks up that, oh, she couldn't tell that for herself. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? yep. And so the partner is able to um, prevent that embarrassing moment. Yes. But in the voting booth, you know. How do you know? You, can't, do you, know? you don't have right. someone there to help you with it, too. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I like about the new system is um, where you can actually go online if you're able to do that. But you can have someone help you go online and look at the ballot and mm-hmm. kind of figure out what, how you want to what arrows to uh, to connect and yeah. things. But if you don't have that, I mean, I just remember a friend who who I, um, uh, um, unfortunately he's passed, who was illiterate, and, and just driving was a big issue. Right. 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 I mean, because he didn't know, I mean, the difference between exits and, you know, he didn't know what those what those words were and things. Yeah. So. so if you are interested in going to this, 
low-dollar event <laughs> fundraiser. <laughs> That's great. Or um, uh, you can um, either give me a call at 734-994-0558. Uh, no prank calls. No, it's your refrigerator <laughs> running phone call. <laughs> That's right. 994-0558. That's correct. Okay, 994-0558. Okay. Or you could email me at uh, the bookstore email, which is glbtbooks at gmail.com. Either one of those, and um, and we can get you directions and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. So, it's, so uh, we're really looking forward to that. Um, it, and it's it's funny that because uh, um, one of the things, of course, she was talking about was gender identity. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, and just last night, um, Anna Camilleri was uh, here in town who wrote Brazen Femme, um, Boys Like Her, um, the uh, red dress. I forget the full title. Red dresses in it, and um, red light, and um, these are all things about femme identity. And um, and one of the things that she is writing about a lot is trying to get rid of the idea of this binary yes. thing of butch femme. In yes. other words, right. let's try and look at femme identity in and of itself, not right. as the opposite of butch identity. Right. And of course, we just heard Judy talking about that with Crybaby Butch. You know, most of the writing is about butch slash femme, yes, um, as opposed to trying to to talk about butch identity. Um, in and where, you can, where you can be both and not necessarily one or the other. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's great. Which is one of the things we need to also do about sexual orientation, but that's another, t- that's another <laughs> show. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And, and, and you then saved the other, me with this one. Exactly. You were um, trying to come up with uh, the name of the book, and I brought along with me Stone Butch Blues by Leslie Feinberg because uh, she's going to be here at uh, U of M on the 26th of this month. Oh, um, cool. And we'll be doing a presentation. Um, if you give me a second to check my calendar. Yes. So, um, and in fact, U of M will probably be joining us the the fourth week of um, October, so they can probably give us definitely more information. And in fact, it will be that day, so it would be over by then. Oh. Um, yeah, it's on the twenty sixth at one? four o'clock. Um, at oh. the yes, four o'clock at the Union. Oh wow! So you could go to that. Yes. Come back here. And then come right back on over That's here. right. Hey. Um, so we're really excited about having um, Leslie Feinberg in town as well. Yes. What else you got? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I brought all sorts of fun stuff. Let's see. Um, uh, only gay in the sense that, uh, in fact, I'm not sure if Gregory Maguire is gay or not, but he certainly seems to write with a gay sensibility. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> I uh, love this next book. Yes. Um, he he wrote um, the a book that was um, Wicked, mm-hmm. which of course is now a Broadway play. Um, <gasps> is it really? Yes, it is. Oh wow! Um, but it's uh, a Broadway musical, actually, mm. um, and uh, it's it's the um, Wizard of Oz story from the point of view of the witch, right. mm-hmm. and w- which um, really oversimplifies the book a lot. It right. really was yeah. just such a Incredible book. Um, But the sequel, if um, you're going to have a sequel about a story about a witch, what would you call it? But Son of a Witch. (laughs) Um, So this picks up with um, uh, the um, character who seems to be her son um, and picks up from there. Um, Okay. So so that just came out. So we're... um, uh, Martin read it uh, and and just thoroughly enjoyed it. I have, uh, I'll maybe get to it next week. There you go, by Gregory Maguire. <laughs> yes, I, I have a couple of days off next week, so I can oh. read. Yeah, Keith, with two days off. I, yeah, <laughs> I know. And I had a couple last week, and I read uh, Harry Potter. I figured I'd never get around to it other than if I was out of town. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so read Harry Potter, number yeah. seven, yes. six. Uh, so, what see. are some of the book clubs doing? Oh, the book clubs are doing. Which pile are they in? Um, let's see. Um, this Wild Silence, Lucy Jane Bledsoe, is what the queer book, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the Les Reed group is doing. And they're the ones who meet on the last Saturday of the month at Common Language. This Wild Silence, huh. Yeah. And then the uh, Queer Book Club, which is the one that meets the second Sunday of the month at uh, RAP. Okay. Um, is reading Someone You Know, Gary Zebrin's book, which is um, 
Uh, and what is this one? It's a thriller. Oh, okay. Well, that explains um, what the the look that explains the uh, noirish cover. cover yes, yeah. exactly. Um, and it's it also um, is sort of about how dangerous closets can be. Uh-huh. Yeah, As so. they say, it's a secret that could destroy them all. It's true. It's true. And, and of course, the, everyone always looks forward to the, um, the next installment of this, which is the Dykes to Watch Out For. In this case, it's Invasion of the Dykes to Watch Out For. <laughs> and these so. are the book, kind of books I usually read. <laughs> well, with all the comic strips. Gra- exactly. Graphic novels. That's right. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else did I bring um, oh he was uh, just in town as well and and uh, in fact we oh. had a he we had a great time with him at the bar he came over after his uh, reading and signing and he was just entertaining I think the entire first floor Dan Savage yes. um, who just came out with a book it's sort of a sequel as well oh. because he of course had written The Kid uh-huh. subtitled What Happened After My Boyfriend and I Decided to Get Pregnant um, <laughs> that was several years ago with DJ and, and I guess they decided it was finally time mm. to tie the knot Exactly. E- even if DJ doesn't approve of gay marriage That's right. <laughs> and for very sophisticated reasons which Ew. are Yes. <laughs> I was going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, yeah. He's um, so he just came out with his book, The Commitment: um, Love, Sex, Marriage, and My Family is the subtitle of that one. And those folks who went to Dead Savage will actually be laughing because apparently there was a Christian rock band or something next door. <laughs> and so while he was talking about family values, they were talking about family values and how it was very ironic. They thought it was actually. Um, on purpose, but then they realized it was a scheduling faux pas. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, and and you know, a lot of those, a lot of things like that happen by accident, which makes me think of another book I brought along. Um, the whole world was watching, living uh, in the light of Matthew Shepard. I think a lot of people become <gasps> activists. She for, finally put it. I've been yes. hearing about this book, Romaine Patterson. Yeah, it's been talked about for a long time. This is the woman who was uh, Matthew Shepard's best friend, and and of course f- her first devastation was finding out that her best friend had been yeah. crucified, mm-hmm. um, yes. and and then you know as she was trying to deal with her own grief and and you know the the um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, impending funeral, mm-hmm. she discovered that Fred Phelps was going to be showing up to do this, and she was the one who. Um, the angel wings. Yes, exactly. And, and the cover of the book really shows, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's a, a stunning story of someone who, in in ho- just horrible, devastating circumstances, mm-hmm. was forced into um, being um, being an activist. Yeah, of miraculous and, position. And and, exactly. and and rose to the occasion in just a stunning, stunning way. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, Matthew. Uh, I mean, from all I've heard, he was a pretty amazing person mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, he, he certainly has. Um, in his death, we've discovered a couple of amazing people. She's one of yes. them, mm-hmm. and his mother is another. Oh my gosh! Judy Shepard Definitely. is just just an incredible woman. Yes. One last book. One last book of okay. all those books. Which one? Uh, which one? Well, I'll bring. I'll mention <laughs> this one, even though it's not new. I brought it along, and Tango makes three because of the big controversy that's happened. Yes, we announced that a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. about uh, about how the the two penguins um, have broken up, and apparently one of them is just doing a lot of time staring at walls. No. He should come to the singles group. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. But you know, um, the, 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 these are the penguins at the Central Park Zoo. You know, there are the gay penguins at the Bronx Zoo as well. Well, oh. and they're still New York together. is a gay mecca. Oh, because we they're were wondering about together. that when we announced it. Right. So yeah, they're still together, and you know, it's just and, and nothing against bisexuality, but you know, yeah. You better be careful if you're going to take up with a bisexual. Well, it's hard, you know, and, and the poor guy. But I, you know, but I also wish wish the well for the new couple, you know, as they find. Isn't isn't the new couple the new his new partner's name like Skank or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's the poor thing, <laughs> but exactly. But um, yeah. So it was a. It's a. 
Um, but they're starting a new family, and so they're trying, apparently. Okay. So There you go. There you go. We'll see how Tango reacts to all of it. What, <laughs> That's right. What, what sort of adult problems he's going to have. From, exactly. From it's gone on Exactly. And, and, and so I guess the one last thing I would say would be Judy Frank. That's right. 734-994-0558 or glbtbooks at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, thank and you how so much was that? A, a, a very low price. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again, Keith. You're welcome. So we're going to be going on to uh, doing some uh, <laughs> as we were. Oops. <laughs> so, um, so Meredith, what's going on in the world? Well, I have a couple of announcements for people. One of them is um, there is going to be an interfaith service affirming the LGBT people at the Greenwood, Green, excuse me, Greenwood Church. Tuesday, October 18th from 7 to 8.30 p.m., and that's at 1001 Green Road here in Ann Arbor. And for more information, people can call 734-665-5524. Great. So that should be exciting. Thank you to whoever Yeah, we found this on the door when we walked in. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely for the Interfaith Service, again, you can call 734-665-5524. Yes. So The church does a lot over there. So. Does it? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, great. So what else is going on? So, you know, sort of tying in something that Keith talked about, um, it's the October 12th is the anniversary of Matthew Shepard's death. Oh, so perfect. It's, it's a perfect tie in to this. Um, the mother of Matthew Shepard is using the seventh anniversary of his death to call in Congress to enact legislation adding sexuality to hate crimes laws. No mother should have to hear her child's life cut short because of hate, said Judy Shepard. My son Matthew was murdered in an anti-gay hate crime seven years ago this month. Since then, too many other Americans have been attacked or killed because they were strong. I'm sorry, because they were gay or transgender. But Congress still hasn't acted. Every American child deserves the strongest protections from some of the country's most heinous crimes. And she goes on to say, uh, she she basically is asking that. Um, that Congress finally steps up to the plate and does what we all know is right mm-hmm. <laughs> and, 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 and enact something. And it says last April a report released, released by the national coalition of anti-violence programs showed violence against members of the LGBT community is on the rise. And overall um, it noted a 4% increase in reported incidences of anti-LGBT violence and such incidences rose um, between 2003 and 2004. So mm. it's, all the more important that we work towards this piece of legislation and encourage our legislators, senators, representatives exactly. to to do something about it. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. So exactly. I encourage people to pick up the and phone. And what a way to also celebrate National Coming Out Week. Yes. You know, yes. is by contacting our legislators and saying, hey, it's, you know, it's not easy coming out and this would be much helpful to those that... Right. Um, Absolutely. Um, some other, we, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry. Um, some other things that are going on for those of you who, I don't know, may have been asleep or don't watch TV or anything. Um, we have a new nominee for the Supreme court. Uh, Harry, do. Harriet Myers. Holy moly. There's a lot of con- controversy around Ms. I, Myers. I'm noticing that from both sides. From even. both sides. It's. It's, it's like she's like a blank slate that nobody knows how to read. But what yep. happened? I, I don't know if you know, if you were able to read anything about, um, but uh, Dr. Dobson, I think it is, from yes. the Family Values. Um, yes, Focus on the Family has sort of indicated he has inside knowledge about what is going on with her and has had confirmation that she is both anti-choice and anti-gay, as so many people tend to be both. Right, um, right. She... <laughs> <laughs> Um, she, uh, he says that, you know, Carl Rove, everyone's favorite politician, uh, gave him the inside scoop about her and wink, wink, nod, nod, don't worry, she'll 
do what's right, quote unquote. Oh wow! Um, for our, um, I was gonna say for our community. I was like, no, not no, for our yeah. community. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I encourage people again to make a phone call to their senator, um, Stabenow and Levin, to remind them to ask lots of questions. That's right. Um, because we do need to know more about her. So yes. apparently she wrote some. She answered some questions from a LGBT group in Texas that was doing some sort of like find out about the candidate survey. Mm-hmm. She said that she believed she didn't believe that LGBT people should have equal rights. Oh, she believed they should have equal rights, but she didn't think that sodomy laws should be overturned. Wow. So. <laughs> Holy moly. I don't know. That's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So I encourage you to to you know fish around and find more information about her although there as you said there isn't a whole lot out there right. um to talk about um in croatia 